Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Weekly Podcast for the week ending Friday the 2nd of July. I'm joined today by Duncan Balcon, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Duncan. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Brilliant. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Feels like a while since we've talked, um, so it's good to hear your voice. Hope, uh, hope, hope the listeners have not missed you too much either. Oh, I don't know. They probably got fed up with me for a while. It's nice to have I, a different voice for a no, while. I, I don't <laughs> think so. They're, you know, I mean, every everyone needs a, a bit of uh, a bit bit of extra Duncan in their lives. I think um, <laughs> so. Uh, so anyway, um, so today we're going to talk about the um, uh, you know what's happened over the week, um, and uh, and I think that uh, as always, as always, it's an eventful week, never a dull week. Um, for you know when you when we cons- when I consider you know talk about all this stuff and a lot of people start thinking oh it's just boring stuff it's not boring it's real life there's loads of stuff going on here and it affects everyone uh, especially the Harry Bow story but anyway um, <laughs> so I'm going to say today we're going to start off with um, we're going to talk off uh, to talk off we're going to um, start off with macro um, uh, you know trends and and oil. Uh, we're then going to look into the mind. We're going to we're going to prize open the mind of the consumer. Um, so uh, that's not for the squeamish, obviously. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk about cars as well. Now there are lots of other bits and pieces as well. We'll see we'll see whether we we can t- uh, talk about a few of them. Um, but um, if you want to see more detail or more stuff, um, then uh, please find it in the Watson's Weekly. Um, so that's for you know subscribers. You'll be able to you'll be able to see Watson's Weekly and you'll be able to get more detail. Anyway, let's talk about. Uh, let's start off with. Um, what I guess is probably, I mean, it, it is kind of boring, but it is a big story um, for the week, which is the global tax, uh, the global corporation tax agreements. Now, for those who have um, run away from this topic, thinking it is the height of, of boredom, um, which I kind of don't blame you with, uh, but um, but anyway, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, is, uh, <laughs> is is the fact that. Um, uh, you know, Joe. So Joe Biden, um, he has uh, he managed to get the G7 to agree to a global minimum um, a corporation tax of 15 percent. Um, this is great because basically with things like this, some sort of blankets tax, that's not tax on blankets. That's tax on lots on things, you know, more and on, on a more widespread basis. Um you know, it's very important to have these taxes so they're applicable everywhere, because what has been happening so far is big companies, multinationals have just been shuffling around their profits from low tax country to low tax country in order to, um, uh, you know, avoid tax if you're a critic or to be tax efficient um, if you are a tax advisor. Um, basically, so... basically cl- closes those loopholes, doesn't it? Which companies <laughs> yeah. find so easily. <laughs> exactly. Closes exactly. some of those up. Exactly. Exactly. So, so anyway, so I mean, that's what, <clears throat> that's what's been going on. Um, the that has then moved up a notch um, to, I mean, you know, quite frankly, knuckle uh, white knuckle uh, adrenaline pumping levels um, to where they've been uh, having more negotiations, um, and they've actually come to an agreement. Um, so this is now uh, agreed by the G20, uh, and um, they announced that uh, and also that the OECD. So 
130 countries have signed up to this. So they have agreed to the, the global uh, minimum corporation tax of 15%. The ones that are uh, not playing ball are quite small, um, low-tax countries, basically, um, which you'd expect. So um, it was looking like China and India were umming and ahhing, but in the end, they, they've come round. I think this is an amazing achievement to get 130 countries to agree to do anything, um, let alone something as, as controversial as tax. Um, but, um, but that's what's happened. It is a big thing. The OECD has been trying to do this for 10 years and they failed. Um, so all you need, uh, so it looks to me like all you need to get 130 countries to agree on doing something is a global pandemic and a US president who is still in the honeymoon periods of his presidency. So, um, so that was, that was, I guess that was, um, you know, that was a, a big story. I mean, did you, uh, is that, is that something that you uh, found exciting? Yeah, bizarrely, I, I know a lot of people were rolling their eyes at this. For me, this was the most interesting story of the week. Um, ah, because, story. like I say, it's been, it's been 10 years in the making. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think the pandemic has played a big role because obviously for a lot of countries, income has come down quite a bit over the last year or so. Uh, mm-hmm. And having a guarantee from these, that these big, bigger corporations are going to have to pay a reasonable level of tax now actually gives yeah. a bit of financial security across the board. You mm. won't, you won't have them and I'm not going to name them because I think I did that in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, but so, <laughs> yeah. some fairly well-known companies that are yeah. make headlines for do- essentially dodging tax. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how the, headli- the headlines will say dodging actually yeah. it's just clever accounting to yeah, yeah. put money where you don't get taxed on it. And exactly. it, like I said, it just takes away that loophole and it gives a bit of financial security to, to countries that, you know, taxes are going to be paid, which is, it's, it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. I so I find it interesting. Not, it not, in the, not in the most conventional way of interesting, but big picture wise. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, so, okay, so that's um, global, global, the global tax agreements. Um, elsewhere in the world, you've got um, Japan, which is uh, which said that it's, it's now got a, the, the best business sentiment in the manufacturing sector for the for the last two years. Um, although services sector is, is still quite poor. I thought that was quite interesting because, so the best uh, sentiment for two years. Now, two years ago um, is obviously just before the, you know, Tokyo 2020 Olympics. And that's the sort of time when you start feeling that the um, positive vibes um, going into an Olympics um, would start to kick in. Um, so actually, it's quite impressive, I think, that we're at that you know, level already. Obviously, mm. um, services has to catch up, but it's interesting that it's moving that way. Uh, in Europe, we've had Sweden. They had um, they're in turmoil because their prime minister resigned, um, Stefan Lovren. I don't know if that is the right way to pronounce his name, but anyway, Steph. Let's call him Steph. Um, so <laughs> Steph resigned, um, and um, and he is trying to put together a, a new government. Um, without having to resort to going to an election, because if he does, that's going to take four months to prepare for. Um, but uh, it just I think this just shows the uh, the nightmare that is uh, coalition governments, because you just have lots of different people with lots of different agenda, all trying to get their 
you know their agenda through and not listening to everyone else so um so i think um you know just ask spain i mean spain spain's got a, an absolute nightmare as well so um i think that uh it's not ideal timing clearly i mean we're st- they're still trying to which well we're all still trying to move out of the the um uh, the pandemic uh and to actually have an election or have to resort to an election or a very weak government is is not a good idea i think at the moment so anyway, uh, moving on to the UK, um, the uh, this there's a lot of uh, pressures uh, with regard to inflation. You know that I've been talking about inflation for quite a lot um, uh, recently. So you've got the uh, British Chambers of Commerce saying in the latest survey that the proportion of UK manufacturers looking to raise prices over the coming months was at its highest level since 1989. What do you think? Oh. <sighs> Not surprised. Like I said, we've been talking about this for a while, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. I just gave my tripod a bit of a wallop. So apologies if you heard that. Um... <laughs> sorry? What? Sorry, what? <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm not too excited. I got way too... This is a family podcast. You can't say things like that. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, like I said, not surprised because we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, the, my concern really is that the longer and longer we hold off or it gets held off before there is is that rise... It, we could end up with it suddenly a massive jump in mm. interest rate, and, and and that could really hamper quite a few people. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, we, I think you've, you've got a lot better information on this than me. But um, the outgoing chairman of the Bank of England was talking about this, wasn't he, during the week? That's right. Yeah, the uh, actually, the um, outgoing chief economist, chief, uh, economist, chief economist. Yeah, um, he was. He basically um, was saying that you know they need to. His fellow members of the Monetary Policy Committee, which is the uh, the um, group that's within the Bank of England that decides the interest rate, um, he was saying that they need to take it the threat of. Um, uh, high inflation much more seriously and do start doing something earlier rather than leaving, uh, you know, leaving it too late and then really having to hike up uh, interest rates quite dramatically, which could have a uh, uh, also a big, a big effect on the economy. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that was, um, you know, that is um, very interesting. I mean, in uh, businesses apparently uh, are the most concerned about inflation than they have been for the last 10 years. So it's not just, I mean, I think, you know, there does seem to be momentum gaining here, but um, at the moment it's falling on deaf ears. Um, there was, I also thought it was worth mentioning, although this doesn't sound like a macro type thing, it kind of is, is um, MNC Saatchi, which is an advertising agency. Um, it's, uh, increased its profit forecast for the full year uh, because it's done better than expected for the last five months. Now, the reason why I say I put this in the kind of macro section is because um, there are certain companies and industries that it's worth keeping tabs on um, if you want to actually understand what is going on in the economy. So um, the reason why I often mention advertising, so I think actually recently uh, ITV has good uh, results and they were talking about how strong advertising spend had been. Um, but, um, you know, uh, advertising is a lead generally seen to be a leading indicator of the economy. So in other words, what happens in advertising tends to that, you know, happen just before. Um, uh, so it, it indicates what's going to happen in the future. So for instance, 
when you're going into a downturn, one of the first spends that disappears from companies is the advertising spend. So they sort of think, well, what's the point? Um, you know, people, no, people aren't going to buy from us, so we'll just cut the ad spend. Um, conversely, if they think that things are getting better, um, companies will start to spend more on advertising. So the fact that we've seen an, a general uptick um, it bodes well for the economy is the is the thinking behind that. So that's why I mention uh, advertising. Now, um, another while we're on the subject of indicators, um, I often also you will notice that I often talk about um, companies like Maersk, which is a shipping container. Well, what the biggest I think it is the biggest um, shipping container company in the world. Now, um, I often mention that because that is seen as a bellwether of economies because um if they are busy and all their containers are being used that means that world commerce is is you know there's a lot going on so um that's why i mentioned that as well i haven't mentioned that today but i just thought while i was mentioning economic indicators i might as well say that and they are doing well at the moment as well exactly different point i think yeah up, up 40 points i think last close of their their market yeah, <laughs> so they're, yeah. They're, doing, they're doing very well so obviously yeah, a lot, lots of stuff is being shipped. Indeed, indeed. So um, the, the next thing is uh, is on oil. Now, I haven't been able to see, I can't see uh, uh, this at the moment. Um, but as far as I know, there's been, an, uh, you know, there, there's an ongoing OPEC meeting. Um, the general consensus is that um, people expect a production to increase. Um, so OPEC and non-OPEC countries are meeting at the moment on, you know, virtually. Usually they go to Vienna, um, but um, they they're meeting virtually and they are saying that um, it seems that they're going to be increasing production, but by less than the market was expecting, which meant that the oil prices went slightly higher yesterday. Um, but um, as, as far as I know, right at this minute, um, they have not the uh, the 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 oil producers have not reached a consensus. So I wonder whether actually the ones that are holding out want to have more, uh, you know, produce more. Um, so because then they can just make more money because they'll sell more oil. But because the demand is there, right? I mean, I don't think that we are at the beginning of a... Um, uh, oh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think... I, I mean, I think that they... Um, they Oh, I forgot what I was going to try and say now, but um, I do think that um, the demand for the demand for oil is not going to go. Um, we are not there yet in terms of uh, the, um, everyone getting back to speed on e economically, um, and so actually I think the demand is going to be greater. So um, so yeah, I, I would not expect much weakness um, at, at the moment in the oil price, even if they do up uh, production considerably. And that would be a good story to keep an eye on over the weekend, won't it? Because I think the last I heard, um, they were delaying a decision on it until this afternoon. Well, I say this afternoon, Friday afternoon. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and I think it was the uh, the UAE that were, were causing a bit of a stumbling block about their individual output quota. But it didn't say whether they thought it was too high or too low. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. That, just that they were being a stumbling block. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, the decision, I think, was due, was due to be released sometime Friday. That's afternoon, right. So that's right. One to watch over the weekend. Indeed. I'll try. Actually, I'll try and put this out today so that we are 
100% up to date. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. So uh, next thing is um, prizing open the mind of the consumer. Now, the thing is, is um, you know, I'm often asked to do uh, talks at companies and, and, uh, and uh, academic institutions and things. And one of the things I always say is if you want to understand a, uh, an economy, generally speaking, you um, a lot of the developed economies for sure are driven by consumer spending. And in order to know whether you want whether that spending is going to increase or not, um, you need to you need to look into the mind of the consumer. How confident are they feeling? Are they feeling really good, in which case they'll spend loads? Are they feeling that they're going to lose their jobs, their houses are in jeopardy or something like that? Then they will spend less. So um, what's going on at the moment you've got in america you've got house prices are rising at their fastest rate in over 30 years you've got um u.s car sales are going crazy as well so uh, customers are actually paying over the over the sticker price both on the um on the new on you know new cars but also second-hand cars are going for crazy prices as well um and a lot of that is to do we'll talk about cars in a minute but um, that is to do with um, supply shortages, which is affected by the semiconductor shortages, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so that's going really well. And I'm mentioning house prices and car prices because they are generally the biggest um, expenditures for most people. So uh, so that's one. Um, OK, so then the next thing um, on uh, for the US is jobs. Um all going really well jobless uh you know the unemployment rate keeps going down um but there are there's all there's always someone um who's complaining and for instance in apple uh tim cook i believe sent out so the ceo sent out a memo to apple employees um saying that he wants them or i suppose presume it's not absolutely everyone but you know he wants them in um the office on monday tuesdays and thursdays and then he's got one back from some disgruntled Apple employees saying, you're basically asking us to give up our liberty and and quality of life, etc. Um, but I have to say, I think if I were Tim Cook, um, I'd go, whatever. Uh, if you want to <laughs> go, uh, you know, if you want to go, fair enough. Um, but, um, um, but, you know, there'll be thousands of people wanting to do your job. So uh, good luck with that one. Um, but I... <laughs> I would agree with um, with him. God, people are going to go. God, God, that Peter Watson, he's a right shocker. Uh, but anyway, uh, I do think that um, they, that Apple, um, you know, they they have said they believe that their greatest innovations have come because people collaborating in person, which I can imagine, right? I mean, you know, so I don't think it's that outrageous. And I, I do think it's quite funny though that they choose Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, not Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because I, I sort of wonder whether they're hoping re- realistically that actually people will go, oh, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, I didn't quite finish that thing on Tuesday. I'll come in tomorrow. So really what they're trying to do is to get a four day week by the back door, in my in my opinion. But anyway, well, who I suppose knows, who if, knows? If, if you were working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for example, uh, yeah. and you'd booked something to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a long weekend. Mm. That, that's a bit of a thing. You wouldn't, you're not going to start naturally coming in on a Thursday, but if you've just got the Wednesday off, you're not probably going to book in anything too major on that day, are you? So yeah, it's going to be so much easier to transition back into a four day working week if that's yeah. the day you leave free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too cynical. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's not like me. Not like me. Um, okay, so uh, next thing is UK. 
Actually, you've got you've got to go soon, haven't you? You've got to go soon. Oh, no. Go. Yeah, anyway, right. Okay, right, okay. So, um, so uh, right, okay. So, UK. Um, there is now the we've got the t- tapering of stamp duty, um, where thresholds for homes in um, in England and Northern Ireland to qualify to pay zero tax is going down from five hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand. That is a dramatic drop because, um, as we know, average prices for houses have been going up. Um, this means that the savings that you could potentially get from taking advantage of the scheme go from fifteen thousand pounds down to a mere. £2,000. Now, obviously £2,000 is still a chunk of change. If someone came up to me in the street and said, here's two grand, I would say thank you very much, and I wouldn't punch them in the face. Um, but I do, not that I do, would do anyway, by the way. If you <laughs> yeah, ever, how often do you punch you, random people no, in the I, face no, in the street? <laughs> well, no, no, I, no, I don't. So actually, I'm, I'm lovely and fluffy, I wouldn't do that. Uh, but, you know, but anyway, um, so yeah, so it goes to uh, it goes to 2000 Um also, you've got uh, cons- there was some interesting stuff saying consumers have saved a lot, according to oh, the latest ONS figures. Um, they're saying that the housing savings ratio, which is basically how much of your disposable income you are spending. Uh, sorry, how much of your disposable income you're putting away as savings. Mm. Um, it hits 19.1 percent in the first quarter, uh, which is the second highest level ever recorded. Um but at the same time, they're also borrowing more uh, because people are willing to take out personal loans or do finance agreements to buy cars and stuff like that um, if they can get delivery. Uh, and um, yeah, so that was that's um, you know I thought that was that was also very interesting as well. But I mean, how how have you found things? I mean, you, are you are you a, a, a saver and a, and a spender? Or I mean, what, well, what's... I mean, I've I've recently moved house, so not so much on the saving. But <laughs> yeah. uh, there is something about this story that I find a bit interesting because um, obviously, as you alluded to, a lot of what's going on in the states at the moment with people paying over ticket price is due mm. to the kind of chip shortages um, mm. and things worldwide mm. and as we've spotted a few times during the pandemic quite often a trend that happens in the states happens here just a short while after um, mm. with, with the chip shortages that that is a real possibility with this with the car thing as well and mm. i concerning if people are going to be taking up personal loans or like say finance packages on vehicles and pay and paying over the, the sticker price for them mm-hmm. Um, because obviously it's still going to depreciate the same amount, if not more, coming off the forecourt, and we're about to have the kind of whole electric vehicle thing really kick into overdrive. Mm. And I, I think it's—I just think it's quite risky and obviously painful financially to uh, to take out a personal loan on something over its yeah. recommended retail price. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, and I think yeah, it's dangerous and probably foolish really to do but i mean i guess needs must and if you really need it you really need it so yeah yeah. um you know it's one of those things isn't it really but um yeah um so so that was that was that uh we've got um the other thing as well in jobs so in the uk jobs we covered us jobs so uk jobs unemployment is falling but then we've got the furlough scheme now winding down. You've got older workers are more likely to be made unemployed. I think some of that is to do with the fact that a lot of older workers have been kept on. It's been the younger workers that have um, that have got been made redundant and they've then gone off and done other things. So I think that the, there is a higher proportion of older people who have stayed uh, who have stayed on. But anyway, um, According to the Resolution Foundation, which is a think tank, um, it, it reckons that older workers are more likely to be made unemployed, which will cause problems. Um, but um, 
the um, uh, then there's also been employee shortages um, in certain areas. So, um, you know, retail has been one. Hospitality is another is another big one, which we'll talk about in a minute. We've got, um, uh, you know, there's a shortage of lorry drivers as well, which shockingly, which I actually uh, men- mentioned in today's Watchers <laughs> Daily, that shockingly, uh, Haribo um, are talking about restricting deliveries because they don't have enough lo- lorry drivers. So for all you fans of uh, Haribo out there, there's, there's bad news. So maybe you want to stock up uh, pasta and flour style um uh, on on your haribo if if that's if that's uh, if that's what floats your boat i personally am more of a fan of percy pigs uh and the uh, percy pig family of uh, of that kind of uh, of that genre of sweets um but um but anyway yes so th- that's that's bad news for them i mean there's a lot of um uh, you know there's negotiations going on at the moment with the uh uh you know with the um uh, uh you know with the governments and and wholesalers retailers logistics companies trying to come to some sort of agreement basically they they all want to have some sort of special visa arrangement so they can get in um people from abroad uh to take up these jobs um but and and so i'm i imagine that they are going to have to come to an agreement um because if they don't we're going to see empty shelves and then everyone's all going to start complaining. So, um, so I think that that's, that's also quite interesting. Hmm. Um, but what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's interesting having this shortage. It's, it's a pattern we've seen a few times, isn't it? Over hmm. the last year or so, particularly with kind of um, issues with transport as well. Um, so I, I would say, by the way, if you are a lorry driver that happens to talk like a child, like in those Haribo adverts, um, get, get on that. There's a job there. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can just imagine them driving along. Going, I like the wildflowers. <laughs> um, nice, like it. Yeah, and I've like just completely it. lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, def- definitely want to keep an eye. Keep, keep an eye. I've, I've, yeah, I've lost my train <laughs> of thought completely. That's right. No problem. Um, <laughs> That's why I do an impression on the podcast. No, no, no I think, should, I think we need to do more. More impressions are good. Um, so yeah, um, the other thing as well, I think that is a very. Uh, tricky point um, mm-hmm. is hospitality so we mentioned that hospitality we've been saying that it's been hard enough getting all the um, staff to actually work in uh, you know restaurants and hotels and such like but apparently the situation is being made much worse because increasingly people are getting pinged by the NHS app but they've been in close contact with someone with COVID uh, and as such it means that whole loads of staff are having to isolate at home which has been, which has meant that the these venues that have only just opened up are having to close um, but I mean you, you've got a personal experience <laughs> of being a pings haven't you? Yeah well done you just, re- you just refreshed my train of mind this is where I was going um, yeah. yeah so yeah um, yeah it's, it's not it's not fantastic like you say because it doesn't mean you've you've got COVID and and or anything like that uh, i got pinged last weekend or just before last weekend so i'm coming mm-hmm. out the back end of a period of isolation at the moment mm-hmm. uh, and obviously i, I didn't have covid I've, I've taken multiple tests i'm completely negative and and because the way the system works being pinged and being told self-isolate doesn't get overridden by testing negative mm. um like you said if worst case scenario you're, you're in a restaurant and one of your staff gets covid mm-hmm. um 
it wipes out, like I said, none of the staff can come into work. Most of your customers probably then can't come back for a while because they've probably been in contact. Mm. And and it does, it does have that potential. The kind of the self-isolation ping as such can have a potential to wipe out a hospitality business just when they try to get back on their feet for a minimum mm. for a minimum of ten days. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is which is just scary, really, for, yeah. for them, anyone involved in that industry. Yeah. No, it is it's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible. Just makes a difficult stage uh uh, situation even difficulter um sorry the new new word uh, so anyway um apart from that um you know the uh, working from home debate continues um you've got you uh, it's quite interesting that you've got uh, you know goldman sachs morgan stanley jp morgan talking about you know really wanting people in the office and then you've got ubs came out this week as as uh, you know wanting to appear um you know fluffy and cuddly um by saying that they they actually don't mind the working from home bit so much um i personally wouldn't believe that um because <laughs> there's lots of ways of them making you go in and guilting you in um so i mean although that sounds lovely um from an hr point of view in reality i wonder whether that really is going to be the case if it mm-hmm. is i apologize for my cynicism in advance um but i yeah i just think yeah uh anyway last thing last thing uh we're going to talk about cars so um lookers uh has said yes yeah, so the car dealership says that car sales have been strong uh but another dealership called pendragon which owns stratstone and evans Horshaw, they th- they are pointing out that supply of cars is likely to be restricted in the second half mainly because of supply bottlenecks which have been caused by the global chip shortage which has already hit production in china and japan um so things are, are continuing there that is that is tricky but at least um car sales you know there is demand um then there was good news uh, about nissan and they are building a gigafactory in um sunderland do you know actually my writing here looks like switzerland but i remembered that it was sunderland um, <laughs> well and, <laughs> yeah thank god thank god i didn't make that mistake um but anyway yeah so um so anyway so the, the nissan you know they're building that's great uh, I think if we get another one of those and, and the uh, government's been in talk with, talks with six uh, companies, uh, of which one of which was um, uh, Nissan. Um, yeah, they, they've, uh, uh, you know, that's great news for Sunderland. It's great news for the British um, automotive industry. So it means it will continue to survive, which I think is good. Um, I think we need one or two more of these. And uh, then I think it really is to bodes well for um, the industry for at least the next 10 years, I would have thought. Mm. Um, and then the last thing I thought I'd mention was um, Tesla. Um, it's looking vulnerable, increasingly vulnerable in China. Um, it's doing a kind of recall in the sense that it's going to be doing an over-the-air upgrade. Um, but it's had a bit of a torrid year this year. You know, it's gone from being not hero to zero, but hero to slightly less than hero, um, because you know it had it was flying high last year. It had, um, a, you know, its model Model Three um, was um, you know the best selling uh, EV in in China, but since then there's been the negative publicity. Um, there was at the Shanghai Motor Show, um, someone, uh, a protester sort of stood on their car and said how uh, their customers, uh, they don't care about their customers. It's dangerous. You know, the car's dangerous and they didn't listen to them and all this kind of stuff going on. In the meantime, um, local producers like Neo and Xbank all doing really 
you know, actually doing really well. So um, I think that Tesla really, as a matter of urgency, needs to try to diversify it, its markets because um, I think that um, it's had, you know, by being the leader in China, it's had a target effectively painted on its back and now the backlash is coming. And then it's not only the local um, manufacturers, of course, you've got the the um, likes of, you know, VW, Ford, GM, etc., all sleeping giants waking up and actually trying to do something about their car lineup. Mm. But uh, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I, I reckon. I don't want to sound like too overly dramatic, but I, I think the Chinese market for Tesla is is near enough a goner now. I, I just mm. because we've we've seen over the last few months um, the local, like I said, the, the the consumers in China, particularly the younger generations, mm. would much rather buy local, would much rather buy from a Chinese brand. Yeah, and because of that kind of target that's been painted on Tesla, I I, I just don't see them fully recovering in that marketplace. Yeah. So they definitely need yeah. to di- diversify. And like I said. European manufacturers are starting to catch up as well. Like said, VW, I mean, you showed me earlier the fantastic-looking Renault 5 mock-ups. Yeah. Renault 5. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think Tesla really need to need to kind of take a little bit of a step back and look at their marketplaces and go, right, where where can we, we can succeed? Because I, I just don't see them fully recovering in China. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tricky, isn't it? I mean, I think it's becoming a bit of a political football. Um, I'm, uh, you know, so I think there's always a danger. There's always mm. a danger. But anyway, um, I think we'll leave it there. There's a lot more um, detail in in uh, Watson's Daily, which I'm about to write now because uh, I, you know, I've got all the notes, etc. Um, but yeah, try and uh, you know try and have a look at that. It's a very quick way of reading a lot of news to catch up o- over the week, um, and uh, you know, it's it's it also it does it from a different point of view as well because it's quite good when you get to the end of the week to look back on how things have changed because sometimes nuances and things can change um and i think it's a good thing to do and it helps you to remember this stuff as Mm -hmm. does listening to this podcast as well that's a whole idea as well but anyway um on that on that bombshell um i think that i will leave there but um thank you very much duncan as always um for offering your points of view um over over the week Um, no problem at all and um and we will be back again next week so uh many thanks awesome take care cheers bye